Hi, everyone. So, from my folder called Hysteria Related to Technology Myths and Legends, I have pulled the topic of blockchain. I don't think I've heard so much talk about technological Armageddon since Y2K, when most of the world seemed to think that we were doomed over the fact that modern computers weren't able to handle dates beyond 1999. If you believe the press, stock market values were going to roll back to the Stone Age, bank accounts were going to be erased, Boy George and the Backstreet Boys would cease to exist. What horrible, horrible outcomes. Whatever the case, in the list of horrible, no good, very bad days, as it turned out, this wasn't a bang, it was barely even a whimper. The computers handled it just fine, thank you very much. So, blockchain. Let's talk about what it is, and what it isn't, and why we're actually better off because of it. Now, to help me with this, I have called on my friend and colleague Josh Stevens, who lives in Victoria, British Columbia, and works for TELUS, one of Canada's most sophisticated technology providers. Josh is an authority on the touchpoint between cybersecurity and business. Um, so blockchain was invented in 2008 by a guy named Satoshi Nakamoto. Um, they think, anyhow, it's, it's a cool story uh, as well, and we won't get into it here, but Satoshi Nakamoto is a pseudonym used by the person or, or persons who invented both Bitcoin and blockchain. Um, it's fascinating as well, just because there's there's a lot of unknowns about who it is, and, and uh, there have been a couple people coming forward to claim to be him, and uh, and still somebody, nobody knows for sure who he is. But uh, back to blockchain, um, the initial purpose of blockchain was to serve as, as the ledger or the database for Bitcoin. And over the past 10 years, the capabilities and the potential use cases for blockchain have evolved significantly. And honestly, there are those out there that believe that it may very well revolutionize the world's economy. And it's across pretty much any industry you can imagine. So from music to finance to agriculture to education and, and even maybe the way we vote, um, blockchain could fundamentally change them all. The conspiracy theorists have a field day with this technology because it's a juicy topic. It came out of the dark web, after all, the home of arms sales, drug dealers, human trafficking, assassins for hire, dogs and cats living together. But folks, in spite of its origins, it's just a technology, but a pretty capable one. A blockchain is nothing more than a database that's shared across a broad network of computers. I mean, that's it. It's a database. But it has a very special characteristic that makes it especially valuable compared to other databases. Once a record has been added to the blockchain... It's really hard to go back and change it, and it's even harder to do it without someone else knowing, which is why banks and other institutions that perform big, complex transactions are intensely interested in it. Uh, so from a security perspective, as Steve says, um, because of the fact that it's a distributed and decentralized database that's spread across uh, an enormous peer-to-peer uh, -peer network, you can't, I want to say, you know, by today's standards, it's it's impossible to hack I mean, truly like a, a hacker would need access to an incredible amount of computing power um, and the ability to alter the majority of the blocks in a specific chain at the exact same time in order to compromise it it's secure um, there are another other factors too that would influence the security of the blockchain including the size of the network so a, a larger blockchain network would be more secure than a smaller one and whether it's a public or a private blockchain Steve, I think that the moral of this story is that today, blockchain is, is very, very secure. I mean, just think about it. 
If you were to enter into a transaction with someone else, let's say you're going to buy real estate from a handful of private parties, all of which have copies of the contract. Now, you want to know that everything is on the up and up and and correct and proper throughout all phases of the deal, right? I mean, if one of the other parties tries to pull something over on you, like go into the system and change something in their favor without you knowing it, after you've agreed to the details of the deal, you'd want to know that. Well, that's what blockchain protects against. To make sure that all the copies of the database are the same, the blockchain network constantly checks for discrepancies. So here's how it works. When a transaction among multiple players is kicked off, the records are bundled together into what are called blocks and then added to the chain. This is where the blockchain name comes from. They're like consecutive links in a chain. So in any blockchain, there are the elements of the actual deal that's being transacted, which are called records, and bundles of records, which are called chains. So all the blocks are linked together. So here's how a blockchain is created. First, a deal is recorded. For the sake of simplicity, let's say that Steve is going to sell a camera to Josh for $1,000 in Bitcoin. That's the most common form of digital currency. Okay, A record is created that says that Steve is selling a camera to Josh for $1,000. The record that gets created includes the details of the agreement plus a digital signature from both Steve and from Josh. Now, by the way... Let me interrupt myself here so that Josh can explain what a Bitcoin is, since you'd pretty much have to be living on Saturn to have never heard about it. Bitcoin is is the the original cryptocurrency. It's electronic cash. It's a a decentralized currency without a a bank or a single administrator owning it. Currently, I believe they're going to have... 21 million Bitcoins created is sort of the number that they're targeting. And uh, once they're gone, they're gone. Bitcoins are are created by uh, tremendous amounts of computing power. They can only be uh, spent once. They can't be duplicated. And uh, they've given birth to many, many other forms of cryptocurrency. The next thing that happens is that the record of the transaction gets checked by the computers in the network, which are called nodes. Their job is to check the details of the transaction to make sure that it's initially correct and valid. Now, once the nodes verify the record, the record gets added to a block. Now, this is where things get really interesting and where the true value of blockchain becomes obvious. Each block also contains what's called a hash, as well as the hash of the previous block in the chain. Now, before I go any further, let me explain what a hash is, because we're not talking about something that you eat with poached eggs. A hash takes a chunk of data that can be of any size and then maps that data to another piece of data of a fixed size, usually arranged in some kind of a table. The fixed size data that represents the original data is the hash. So the hash code, or the hash digest as it's sometimes called, becomes a unique representation of the original data. Again, they're always the same size. So when we stick the hashes into a table and then point a computer program at the hashes, the computer can do really fast lookups and comparisons because, number one, the hashes are all in one place and they reference the original data, and number two, they're always the same size. Now, since we're talking about blockchain, we're going to focus a lot on data security and cryptography here. But make no mistake, I mean, these hashes can be used for lots of things. For example, in the world of genetic engineering, we can use a hash to find a repeating pattern in a strand of DNA. 
In astrophysics, we use hashes to search for repeating patterns in signals that we receive from various mysterious sources in deep space. So really, they're a way to simplify the management and the analysis of vast, complex stores of data. But let's look at blockchain applications where security and privacy and confidentiality are pretty important. This is the world where Josh lives, at least professionally. For example, if I'm using blockchain for a financial application, like my camera sale, I don't want someone to be able to see what's in that database unless they have permission. And this is where the hashes become really important. I can create a hash of a piece of data, but I can't reverse engineer the hash to go back to the original data. It's one way only, which makes the hash table 100% secure. What's also important is that every time the data gets examined, or modified or moved, a new hash gets created, which adds another layer of security. What this means is that I can use the hash entries to verify the integrity of whatever data is in the database. In other words, if the original data changes, then so will the hash, which means that I don't have to be able to see the original data to know that something changed which is important when we're talking about a transaction that involves more than one person. For example, if I tried to pull a fast one on Josh by going into the database and changing the agreed-upon sale price of the camera from 1000 to 2000 the hash would change and Josh would instantly know. Okay, So the final stage is that the blocks are all chained together, connected by the hashes in a very specific order that can't be messed with without setting off alarm bells. So let's go back and review. The hash codes ensure that the records in the chain are kept safe and secure. Any attempt to change the original data causes a new hash to be generated, which breaks the chain and notifies everyone, meaning all the nodes, all the computers that are involved, which is a process that kind of ripples down the chain, making it essentially impossible for a hacker to defeat the security of the blockchain without access to a quantum computer. And they're just not available at Best Buy yet. And because there's no single node in charge, the database is fully distributed, there's no way to crack the code by going to a central authority because there isn't one. So the decentralized component is what makes blockchain so secure. So like we mentioned before, um, and as you said, unless you've got a quantum computer in your basement um, and, and you don't, it's, it's not happening. Um, again, you'd need to change the majority of the cryptographically secured blocks in the chain simultaneously across a huge distributed network of computers in order to compromise the chain. It's, uh, it's eloquent and it's incredible. Really, it's, it's an, an, a pretty, pretty phenomenal thing. But this does bring up an interesting question. If there's no central node that's in charge, how does blockchain make sure that everyone involved in a blockchain is trustworthy, especially when the chains start to get large and complicated? Well, the answer is that there's sort of a secret handshake that all the new nodes have to demonstrate before they're allowed to participate. This secret handshake is a rigorous test called a consensus model of acceptance. And here's how it works. If a node shows up and wants to add a block to a chain, in other words, they want to insert themselves into the transaction, the node has to demonstrate itself that it's worthy of membership. And that's the collaboration part of the process, because all members of the chain have to agree on each node's worthiness. Now, one way that blockchain does this is by having the new entrant solve a series of increasingly difficult cryptographic calculations, or puzzles. It's a process that demands enormous amounts of computing power and energy. 
If the new node successfully solves the problem that it's been given, the network checks the result, determines whether it should be given permission to join the blockchain. Typically, new nodes are also rewarded for all of that effort with some amount of digital currency, a Bitcoin or two for your trouble. Now, don't try to dig too deep here, because the math behind all this will make your brain hurt. But the idea is pretty clear, and it's also clear why close to 50 major banks that I'm aware of are using blockchain as a way to ensure that transactions are safe. It allows them to create a truly transparent transaction ledger, while at the same time ensuring that the information in the ledger is safe from unauthorized access by those who don't have permission to play. The other thing is, my camera sale is really easy to understand, but imagine a much more complicated transaction. For example, a company called Eternity has gone after the challenge of dealing with smart contracts. Using blockchain, these contracts become active and allow automated payments to be made to everyone that's involved, but only after complete network consensus agrees that all of the conditions of the contract have been met first. On the healthcare front, a company called GEM is working with the Centers for Disease Control in Atlanta to put contagious disease outbreak data onto a blockchain to accelerate and improve the effectiveness of global disaster response. And in Brooklyn, a community-led project called Transactive Grid lets members of the blockchain produce and sell energy, which reduces the cost of energy distribution. We're in the early days of blockchain, even though it's been 10 years since Bitcoin was created and, and, you know, the original ledger was developed, you're seeing now that major banks are getting behind it and starting to develop it in a big way. Uh, there's a recording artist named Imogen Heap that has, has created a new approach for using blockchain for artists. I don't feel like this is one of these ones that's going to go away as a fly-by-night thing just because it's it's so secure and in the way that it's done. I think it's it's one that people should probably spend some time to learn because it's it's real and I think it's here to stay and it's could very well change everything. So that's it for blockchain. I suspect it's going to be in the news for some time to come and I suspect with a certain amount of hysteria surrounding it. Some of that may be because it's often confused with Bitcoin, which as I said earlier is a digital currency that can be managed by blockchain. And while Bitcoin may be experiencing a classic bubble which could well burst Blockchain is not. It's here to stay, and its contributions to the security of our increasingly digital world will be significant. Thanks for dropping by, and thanks for being curious. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode or any of the others, would you do me a favor? Would you mind popping over to iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave a quick review? It really helps us get the word out about the Natural Curiosity Project. I'd really appreciate it. I'm Steve Shepard. I'm here with Josh Stevens. Josh, again, thanks so much for your insights. I'll see you on the next episode.